Hi and welcome to Grown Up, I'm Laura Blair and I'm Abby Blairs and we're here to navigate 21st century adulthood with our extraordinarily ordinary guests. Today we're going to be talking about the big C word, cancer, because let's face it we don't like to talk about it but we should as one in two of us are going to get cancer according to statistics. And apparently it's on the rise and if nothing changes it's meant to become one in one. That's insane. Yeah. That is like, that's everyone getting cancer. Yeah. And where I got that from was my mum, my as you know, Laura, died of endometrial carcinosarcoma in 2017. And one of her nurses is the person who told her that if we carry on the way that we are doing, every person will be diagnosed with cancer at some point in their life. From an outside, like, how did you feel going through that, like, looking after your mum and stuff? I, I felt completely like when my mum was diagnosed, that our roles completely switched. So I've always gone to my mum for support and advice and I wasn't not able to do that anymore because I took on the role of mum almost. So yeah. I was her mum all of a sudden in a way. And the biggest obstacle for me was being really different to my mum in the way that I approach things. My approach was let's see what we can do to help boost your immune system. Let's see what we can be changing. Not like let's blame you for having cancer because obviously not her fault. Like, you know, it's not not blaming people here but what can we be doing and my mum was like I don't want to talk about cancer I don't want to talk about cancer so for me the constant struggle of really desperately wanting to help her and even broaching the subject was terrifying because it would upset her and it's like you don't want to upset the person but you're like upset yourself and you're like I don't want you to die because I haven't tried to help you yeah so giving your bod- her body like the best chance to survive. Yeah, and I kept saying that. Like, oh, I'd go to her with like a positive story, and I'd always go, "Mom, I've got something to say about cancer. It's really positive. Like, it's, I've got a really positive thing to say." And even then, she was like, she could only have like X amount of time that we could talk about it, and it was not long. It wasn't. She was never just prepared to face it because she was frightened of dying. Because it and is she died anyway. Pe- people don't want to talk about it. Like yeah, it, it's terrifying. Even of it is. like I'm gonna say it. I don't ever think that I'd get cancer. Don't think about it. I, like it just doesn't come up in my brain. Like I don't want to think about it. But today, like as you said, giving your body the best chance yeah. it has to like survive cancer. Mm. What if we can do that beforehand? Yeah. Like this is what is so baffling that we don't. We live every day buying these processed foods, these cheesy chips, these alcohol drinks. I'm just naming like things that are really obvious, but there's mm. so much more. Like, yes, it's great going into if someone's got cancer, do these things. But what if? What if we could change the one-in-one and do that beforehand, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, like, to see what things we can tweak. We don't, we're not saying, like, oh, everyone should just become, like, obsessed by this, because I think there's a balance to be struck, but let's see what we can, you know, tweak. And I think what we're going to talk about today, there's so much evidence that it not just is going to make you healthy and prevent cancer, blah, 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 but it just will make your life so much happier. So today we've got on a lovely guest. She's called Sophie, who has had cancer and she's overcome it. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to bring her on and talk about the big C word, cancer, because we wanted to talk about, obviously it's on the rise. What yeah. is there that we can do to help it? Sophie herself thinks it's it's up to us to change it, that we can change it. Is that right? Yeah, she thinks there are things that we can be doing in our day-to-day lives to help us to prevent cancer occurring. Obviously, there will be people who it just happens to, but let's just for a second uh, just sort of entertain the idea that there is something that we can be doing to help ourselves stay healthy. 
and that the people that have survived cancer, is there a link to what they're doing to survive? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about why we have Sophie coming on today. Sophie is a cancer confidence coach who won an award as a remarkable person for her outstanding contribution to the cancer community. She set up a festival called True Fields, which is the first festival in the world of its kind, which raises awareness of cancer and the holistic approach to healing. Sophie, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here with you guys. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I hear you've got a hangover. (laughs) (laughs) Great way to start, especially on this topic. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, could you tell us a little bit about where you were in life when you were diagnosed and how you were diagnosed? Yeah, so I'd been out in uh, Colombia making a documentary and it was in 2014. And there is a terrible uh, article in a newspaper which says graduate who thought she had a hangover actually had cancer which oh, really wow. which really makes me sound hangover. really switched on doesn't it <laughs> and really <laughs> ironic that you've come in today with a hangover <laughs> i haven't got a hangover no we I've are been, exaggerating been, yeah <laughs> mildly <laughs> i take milk thistle and do my aftermath care after a few drinks so I'm do all good. milk thistle i'm right yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah i was out in Colombia and i Then came back to the UK and I started getting these kind of symptoms, which at the time I didn't know what they meant, but I was getting things like night sweats and I just felt really, really knackered and um, just kind of put it down to the fact that I was doing too much at that point. And then um, I went to see, I actually went to see a chiropractor with my mum, she's a physio, and he was doing all these kind of clicks and twists and different things. And he said, there's something wrong with your breathing. And at that point, I was asthmatic. Uh, Not anymore. I've done a lot to kind of get rid of asthma, which is amazing. I used to have to take an inhaler every day. Yeah. And now I don't have to take anything. Wow. But he just said, yeah, something wrong with your breathing. The next day after seeing him, this lump appeared on my neck. And I just said, you've got to get on the phone to this guy. What's he done? And it turned out, amazingly, he must have moved toxins up. Because eventually really? after weeks and weeks of going, they thought it was tuberculosis because I'd been in South America. Yeah. And then after weeks of going back and forth, they eventually, um, I got a call at seven in the morning by the doctors to say, can you come into hospital in the evening, but bring both your parents? Did, oh. you, did you ever think that it was a possibility? I had no idea what cancer was, genuinely. I was okay. 23. It had never been in part of my immediate family and I didn't know what it so was. So when you were going back to the doctors all the time, what did you think it could be? I just, I honestly thought it was flu. I was still going out, I was going to parties, kind of going out in London. I gave the lump a nickname. That's how weird it was. It's really funny. <laughs> What's the nickname? I ha- Bertha. I, I had Bertha a lump. Do you remember Norman? Yeah, Norman, yeah. So every time I get injured, like it, <laughs> every time I get injured, I get a lump. Yeah. But it's it's a cyst, so it's not like cancerous or anything like that. Yeah, so yeah. if someone hits me, I get a lump. So I had someone punched me in the face and a lump grew on my mouth and I called it Norman. <laughs> it had to be surgically removed. Crazy. I had one on my hand. But yeah, I feel such like- a sensitive, sensitive body <laughs> that you're getting all these lumps. Yeah, it grew. But that's funny because I did that. It's some it, yeah. it's almost to make a mockery of exactly. something that's like obviously like really prominent. <laughs> totally. And we kind of just make it a character and then it just and I know so many friends. Easier to talk about as well. Yeah. Who have given their kind of like lump in their boobs a nickname or whatever it is because it kind of becomes this personified element yeah and by personifying it it makes it a bit more light-hearted and takes away the kind of mm. heaviness of yeah. it I guess so you were told come to the hospital with your parents yeah did that raise a red flag for you totally 
Yeah, Did totally. you ask why? I'd be no, like, why? They, they just said we need to, you know, it's different. Different news, you need to become with both your parents. And I just thought... They might as well have just told you on the phone, haven't they? Are we, like, allowed, to, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes, <laughs> swear away. <laughs> so there's a classic thing I talk about called Headfuck FM. Yeah. Which is kind of the fact that everyone's got their own DJ. So everyone's got different narratives that they have running. Yeah. And uh, a, a guy actually, he founded Faithless. Jamie Cato talks about this. So Headfuck FM. And that day was like the example of that. I was just like, what is going on? I had no idea. So just racing thoughts, racing thoughts. If ever you're gonna have a day of anxiety, that was it. And then- I can imagine. And then you kind of get there. But I remember mum saying, it was one thing she said, if whatever it is, we'll deal with it. So that was the kind of thing that just stuck with me. It was kind of, okay, we'll deal with it. Um, and what, how did they deliver the news to you? Was it done in a nice way or like, how did the doctors tell you? I think there's such power in who delivers your news in that sense as well. You know, the kind of thing of, I hear of people having real horror stories with it. And my, so I was told it's not, they're 99% sure it's not cancer. Right. You were told told that. (laughs) So we have, and they were just like, you're too young. You know, they did a biopsy. I kind of refer it a little bit. Do you remember the potato guns when you were younger? And you kind of put the gun into the potato and you take out a chunk of the potato. Oh, yes. yeah, Yeah, that's what they did on my neck. So I had... Um, Bertha grew from the size of kind of like a small golf ball to the size of kind of an orange when I was diagnosed so it grew very quickly on the side of your yeah name. yeah and um, I just remember going in where I'd had all of my tests and stuff we went to a separate room for the diagnosis which is again suspicious yeah and you walk in and there's a box of tissues on the table uh, and a round table yeah and that's when you just kind of think hmm something's not quite right here and they just is said, it really surreal because you ne- like you never imagine yourself in that position, do you? Do you not though? Because I do. Well, obviously, because of what. But you've I've been always through. been like that. I'm yeah. one of those people that whenever I get ill, I'm like, oh my god, it's cancer. Well, see, this but is even the before thing. my mum got ill. I was like, I felt like I was well, very switched on to cancer being a potential thing. Yeah, could happen. Yeah, I totally wasn't. No, totally so you wasn't. Two are similar page, I was kind really. of in like you know, like invincible state of your 23. Yeah, so when life you, is just getting started. When you were at the stage, when you were in that room, were you fit enough to like go out and socialize? And yeah, 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 yeah. So having an illness told that you have an illness of something as crazy as cancer, but you're still physically like I was ill a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and I was like in bed, I could not get out. But you yeah. seem like you were in a better state than that when you were diagnosed. That's the crazy thing and I just had an illness like a flu yeah totally. you got cancer and you're up and about yeah and actually I think I felt you know it's one of those classic things that actually we don't know how healthy you know we think we're healthy and then you realize that you're definitely not but I remember the really difficult thing psych- psychologically was the fact that I had to go into hospital to have chemotherapy feeling good and knowing that you come out the other side feeling like death yeah I really and I that, know that to get you into that place it's kind of like they make you worse to make you better. Yeah. But that is just such a challenge. It was the same with my mom when she was first diagnosed. Mm. All she had was bleeding from a vagina as a symptom. Yeah. Nothing else. And then she had chemo and hysterectomy and all this stuff happened and it made her sick. Yeah. But then obviously the cancer did eventually make her sick. You know, yeah. it was just, it does make you, the chemo is so intense. It's unbelievable, in fact. And some people, it's strange though, because some people seem to cope with it way better than others, don't they? Like they could have the same chemo and be okay and go to work. Some people go to work when they're having chemo. Other people can't move. And I think it depends on the drugs that you're given. So there's over 200 different types of cancer. Yeah. And everyone, mine was blood, so lymphoma. So um, 
which so it was, was kind it of Hodgkin's or non-Hodgkin's Hodgkin's so I've obviously I've my mum's actually had skin cancer but before I was born but um I've not been around anyone that's had it I really don't have much knowledge so I really find it surreal that to uh, tell me about being in that room and being diagnosed like what was your first thought process so I just remember um both my parents had very different kind of questions and so did I my first one was it's the immediate, and you realise how superficial this is when it really happens, but my immediate hair. one was hair. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And would you, is that what you would No, <laughs> I have really shit hair. So I'd be like, oh, never. I'd be excited for the wigs. Yeah. Well, I also, I used to have blonde hair, so everything kind of changed. I used to diet the whole time, and, you know, and the, also headscarves. You can do so many things oh, to accessorise. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, ooh, something new to fashion. Yeah. <laughs> so that wouldn't be my Another immediate. element for you. But my my dad basically immediately said, "Is she going to have children?" That was his thought oh. process. And then my mum. That's was, a strange one for a dad to. Yeah, definitely. You would have thought that's a mum question, isn't it? Definitely. Well, my mum's question was, "Will she be able to go on holiday next week?" <laughs> <laughs> and the answer was no, because the thing is, is when it was at that point, it was growing very quickly, and I was just straight away kind of put onto the mill of chemotherapy. Taken, I was treated on a teenage cancer ward. And there's something so surreal about that moment. That was when it really hit me of actually seeing other when people, see other people around further you. down the line. And I remember mm. just thinking, I remember mum saying, I've seen people look like that and they survived, like that kind of thing, because they really genuinely looked like they were they dying, die, a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. I remember seeing myself at the end of chemo and I wrote in my journal, actually, I wrote, it feels like every cell in my body is slowly dying. And it was, because you feel like you do have no life. It's kind of yeah. like each infusion if was... You, if you could go... If you now could go back and tell yourself something then, what would you say? I would say... At the moment you got diagnosed, if you could just tell yourself something. I'd say uh, just just follow the ride because actually it's like those kind of classic things where out of our biggest traumas, we can find our kind of greatest foundations. And I just love... Um, it's like the wound is the place that the light enters you, that Rumi quote. So wherever there's cracks, there's light to come in. So just keep going. And actually keep going because one day this pain will be useful to you. Yeah, and it is. Yeah, it is. And actually people often say, people are shocked. I used to say I would never take back my diagnosis because I've of the place it's got me to. Yeah. Sorry, and it's kind of like actually anything that happens to us at the time, while the world is falling apart, are, it's part of human resilience, isn't it? We have that survival. There's... Um, the book by Viktor Frankl and it's Man's Search for Meaning. Have you ever come across it? No. And so he was in Auschwitz and You're he writes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Add to the book list. Yeah. And he writes that in any, so he was in Auschwitz, he survived. I think all of his family were killed and he wrote that out of any situation, man will always find meaning. Yeah. And there's always meaning to be found in our despair. And it's kind of actually just knowing that while things go on, yeah, we can build back up. Were you given a, like a percentage or like a chance? Yeah, what, what kind of, yeah, what stage were you diagnosed like at? When they, they told you that you had cancer? Yeah. My first question would probably have been like... Am I going to die? Yeah. Did, was that... It's in funny because that never came in. I was thinking that. that really? Never came first thought would be your like, Your dad's asked about children. Die? Your mum's asked about Hardy. You asked about your hair. And yeah. in my head, I was thinking, I'd be like, what's going to happen to me? Like, Mine what, would be like, what stage am I? Yeah, percent, like, I'd be wanting to know what the, the situation stats, was. The stats, the Definitely. devil, devil stats. Well, obviously, I've never been in that situation. <laughs> I'd probably be like, my hat! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just something really random. This is the thing, we never know, do we, until we're kind of there. 
Um, I remember really shocking. I remember asking one of the nurses, they said, if I don't start chemo now, how long would I have? And she said about six months. And I remember that just really kind of hitting six home. Six months to live. Yeah. And that kind of, in terms of if like how. If you don't start chemo yeah. now. Yeah. And whether there's truth in that, because you know, so many things yeah. are thrown around and. And I also feel like there's a real danger in giving someone a prognosis. Yeah, of course. Because actually everyone's different. Because people overcome those statistics and those... Totally. And you almost live by them if you've given it. Yeah, if you totally. accept exactly. that you're going to die, you're more likely probably to oh, die. Oh, yeah. People look at their calendar and they think, exactly. And when we have that in our mindset, it's kind of like whatever we put into our subconscious can become our reality. So the more that we're thinking about this yeah. date and... I just think there's a classic kind of believe the diagnosis so you can do something about it, but don't believe the prognosis. Mm. Whatever it is, when people say you need to be on antidepressants for the rest of your life, we need to be on this. No, we can change that. We have the power to They did to a test once, didn't they, where they gave people tablets and said it was like a cure for, I think it was antidepressants. And actually the tablet didn't do anything, but because they thought it did, the placebo it made them. Effect. Exactly. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I believe in the placebo. Totally. Effect. Well, it's kind of how the mind can heal the body. Yeah. And I remember just so many times of this when I didn't have my anti-sickness after chemo, because you would feel like, how would I compare it? I'd say it's like the world's worst hangover. I always wondered that. Combined with seasickness. Oh, chemo. After a lot, yeah, you just feel. I remember probably four or five days afterwards, if I got out of bed and went to the loo without being sick, that was a success. Oh, wow. So it's just step by step. And I was able to walk into the garden on about day five. And that was kind of like a very big occasion to be able to do that. So how long did this go on for? That went on for six months. So six months of your life. Yeah. Is literally and what like stage were you? And adult, so it was in three different areas. Okay, which means so so up here and then down here and then down here. Okay, so just in three places. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't late stage because luckily this, I went to see that guy and actually I think if I hadn't seen the chiropractor and he'd moved, whatever he moved up toxins up, then we wouldn't have known. What I think is interesting is if you've had cancer, you're not allowed to have a massage for okay. quite a few years afterwards because really? they're worried that they really? might disturb cells. No. And to me, I think that's great. Well, we should be having a massage because if there are dormant cells, then... It's come yeah. to the yeah. surface. Yeah. Should we book ourselves? <laughs> okay. I want to know, like, during that time when you're... Obviously, you're going through this. You've been diagnosed. You're going through chemo, this awful experience. And you see people... Like, I... When I was ill last week, I saw people... <laughs> what do you have? Just like a cold... <laughs> <laughs> I just had like a chesty cough, but it really like got. I'm I'm like really small, so like if I get She's ill, really I get ill. Sensitive. Um, <laughs> and I was like looking at people on Instagram and YouTube, and I was like, I miss life so much. Like, yeah. and that was just a week. Yeah. Like, how did you feel going through that for like six months and not knowing the outcome? Yeah, I think it was. Um, I think on a lot of different levels, it was challenging in that we were all just starting adulthood. So it was kind of like life was really kickstarting. I just graduated, you? 23. Okay. And everyone was kind of just starting new jobs. Yeah, and you, I felt so you like, just graduated and then yeah. you got diagnosed. Yeah, so you're so out there full of like ready totally. to go. I'd just done journalism. I'd been working out in Paris um, nice. and then was in Colombia making the documentary and was just on this kind of vision to start making documentaries. What was your documentary in Colombia, right? It was about urban art in developing countries. And mm. then you had to put this all on hold. Put it all on hold. And it just felt like um, I was in kind of limbo for a while. And 
also inevitably you've kind of got the fear you also are trying to kind of keep a keep a brave face for those around you as well yeah. there's like the kind of and I realize that only now the false positives thing of be strong be positive and you realize I'm not actually being real in this situation yeah, my mum used to say that she used to sometimes she'd have a breakdown mm. and be like people keep telling me I'm brave and I'm not brave I'm not brave at all and like she didn't like the pressure of like having to put up a, on, a, on a front mm. um yeah yeah there's actually there's the kind of kind of classic thing of just being real with it as yeah. well and i'd say to her mom you're not brave no but you've not not got a choice have you you, you yeah, know you're, you're exactly. in this boat where you don't have a choice but to go along with it and yeah, yeah. we don't like, you don't need to do. be brave yeah we don't know, know what we're going to do until we to, get there. Yeah. yeah. And actually, the only, the end of the day, what's the option? To keep living or to, yeah, you just do it. You go for it. But it did feel like, at that point, it felt like what I'd kind of been leading to was taken away. Yeah. And I couldn't I see over that. All that kind of, revision and studying. And yeah, just... but not even so much that. Like, kind of on a, a physical level, like everything stripped away. I remember looking in the mirror and I didn't even recognize myself because yeah. you kind of got no hair and no yeah. eyebrows. And it's amazing how much of an expression your eyebrows give you. Really? That was the fundamental, hair, fine. Eyebrows when they went, I was like, I can't even express my face. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst you're in this position, is there anything that you thought you took for granted before it? I think I took my body for granted. I'd say that if cancer taught me anything, it taught me that I had a body that needed care and kind of self-care and to nurture it and things because I think the whole time we can live in our heads and we're always racing around with our to-do list and going from one place to the next but until we actually stop and check in mm. like we live kind of detached and when we connect our mind and body that's where our power is it's so true you we were saying this before like when if your body is in stress mm. then it's so bad on like your it's so bad for you totally like I was saying before when I, I there's this one moment in my life where I get anxiety or stressed yeah I have a very laid back job so yeah. <laughs> don't have to get up in the morning it's very laid back but the one thing that gets me is then boys cheat on me and it sends me into this shake yeah and I just think if some people permanently are stressed and anxiety and they have that level of that on yeah. their body it must be so harmful totally well there's two parts of our nervous system so there's the fight or flight sympathetic and there's the parasympathetic which is rest and digest and i remember asking a doctor because i traveled around after chemo I went kind of around europe and asia and south america to look at different kind of medicine techniques and how people approach cancer and i just said to this doctor what's the one thing that people have in common and he said it's an inability to switch on their parasympathetic which is to relax yeah so most people just don't know how to relax. Yeah, mm. it's very true. And actually when it's like I'm having a chill day, like, that's great for you. Like be lazy. Yeah. We call it lazy because we feel, feel like we need to be yeah, doing you stuff. you feel guilty if you have a day yeah. where you're like doing nothing. Yeah. But it's really good for you, isn't it? To actually accept totally. that you're allowed to do nothing. It's like give yourself permission. That's what cancer can force people to do. Half the time it's kind of like when you're always on the go, something like an illness comes in and forces you to stop. So mm. I was in bed like for six months solid. People always say, how do you know so much stuff? I'm like, spent six months or even the best part of a year in bed <laughs> so, but I just kind of treated it a little bit like my medical holiday I just thought okay so I've got to get through this step by step yeah and often I think our anxiety comes in it's the classic our anxiety comes in when we're in the future mm-hmm. and when we feel depressed we're kind of in the past and it's kind of like that's a good way of looking yeah at it. when you've got an illness I found the most helpful thing for me was to, I just had to keep going back to the present because you don't know if we think how am I going to be in two months? You don't know, but you we know kind knows of... knows anyway. Exactly. But cancer makes you really think about it. Cancer makes you face your mortality in a very, um, yeah, heightened way as well. Yeah. So 
did you did you ever question? I know the answer really, but I, I assume you questioned why me? Why have I been diagnosed? What have I done? Did you ever? Did your um, oncologist ever indicate a reason mm. as to why you'd got cancer, or was it just like, oh, it just happens to people? Yeah, so this is a, an interesting one for me because this really triggered so much of the stuff that I went on to do because having, so journalism mindset, I, yeah. I used to interview people. So it's quite funny being on the other side here. <laughs> yeah, we're like, really yeah. shit interviewing as well, always, so. yeah. <laughs> No, you're fantastic. So I'd always, I'd always be asking questions. I remember my first oncologist meeting and I just said, um, is there anything I can do to help myself? And he just looked at me and said, no, nothing you can do. Keep doing what you're doing. There's no reason you got it. Cancer's a lottery. Yeah. And that was just like this penny drop of, wow, there are so many gaps here. Because even at that point, I knew that, so 95% of cancers are said to be related to lifestyle and environment. Okay. So it's the Wait, way we're- 95%? Yeah. And then he said it's a lottery. Yeah. And, and they're very focused. So they're so focused on genetics. Mm. So we've got, there's, epigenetics which is how we can change our bodies which is the way we think the way we move the way we eat the way we who we hang out with even like that can change us on a kind of like health level like are, are you getting daily joy are you laughing like have mm. you got a reason to live it's all of these factors um and to me it was kind of like there's certain elements like toxic overload toxicities and deficiencies mm -hmm. are a big one okay but when he said did i ever think why me definitely not i thought why everyone like why is this happening on such a mass yeah, why level is, why is it going why is it increasing yeah why is totally. it one in two and why is it maybe going to become one in one like, yeah why? you said that one in one yeah. huge so it's gone from one in three to so it was about one in that five wasn't long ago yeah either. yeah very 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 exactly fast. totally and it was one in five, I think, in 1980 that got cancer, one in three, and then one in two, and now, yeah, you were saying one in one. So it is just like an endemic situation. And I feel like what we've got is it's kind of like the roof is leaking and people are running around putting buckets down, but no mm -hmm. one's looking at why the roof is leaking. So yeah. no one's looking at what are the root causes of this? Mm -hmm. So if we think on a kind of like, there's a classic saying, our issues are in our tissues. Yeah. So whatever happens in our mental, in our minds, manifests in our physical bodies. Okay. So whatever's it's kind of going like on. It's all like the secret, isn't exactly. it? That book that exactly. everyone goes on about. Yeah. But kind of. Yeah. But all is. our pains, it's kind of like, okay, so why this illness and this person at this point? Mm. Like there's no, I remember a very good friend of mine who actually, she was my, one of my closest friends that I met through cancer and she died of lung cancer when she was 34. And I remember her looking at me when she was in hospital and she said, there are no coincidences in this life, Sophie. And I, that just sticks with me of just like, there are no coincidences. Like everything kind of happens. And I, I know there are a number of different reasons why I could have got ill. Um, yeah, so. That was really the trigger when he said yeah. that. I thought, right, I'm gonna dive into this. I think there's a number of different elements for us to address and look at. And it's kind of like, um, and, I, and I think this is a challenge as well as people, it can be quite expensive to do, but some of the best things that we can do for our health are also free. Okay. So breathing is one of the most healing things, like deep breathing. Exercise is medicine. Did you just take a deep breath? Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what? I didn't, do you know what? You I, actually, just went, I actually didn't mean to, but I, you said breathing. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to just keep the body okay. <laughs> so I think if we think about, um, it's so multifactorial, but if we think about what we can do and what's in our kind of reach, if we go on a physical level, there's a classic saying, all diseases begin in the gut. Okay. So that 
if our gut is sick, we'll be sick so and we diet, can't get right? better. Yeah, because I think I've totally, read stuff about... Inflammation. Yeah, about how the... Something to do... Oh, God, I, do you know what? I can't remember what I've read, but it's something to do with the gut and how in cancer patients, sometimes there's something off in the gut. Like yeah. I've, I've read that somewhere. Yeah. Go, go on, sorry. Yeah, so an imbalance in our gut can really trigger stuff. So that can also cause inflammation. Yeah. Um, so inflammation is at the root of most diseases. And mm. that can be from stress as well. Stress is a big factor um, because that then breaks down our immune system. So there's kind of like a number of core factors linked to cancer. So one of them would be low immune system. Yeah. So actually every day our bodies are producing cancer cells but our immune system recognizes them and they die off. Mm -hmm. And actually we've created this kind of enemy out of an illness, but cancer cells really are cells that don't die off. Yeah. So they're just not going. So we've got low immune system, chronic inflammation. So it's like, how can I reduce inflammation in my body? Mm -hmm. That can be from foods, from gut health. Gut health is so key. Okay. Um, and it sounds really weird, but it is our, it's where 80% of our immune People system is. People really underestimate diet because most actual tablets or like, things that you take that the doctors give you are plant-based. I always say this is this is one of the reasons I don't Huge. take tablets yeah. because for for instance my sister she's probably going to announce it before this ever goes live. She's pregnant. Yeah. And, amazing. And she was had morning sickness and I was like get ginger, drink ginger tea yeah. rather than taking it. <laughs> when you said get ginger, I thought it was like a ginger person. <laughs> Carry on. Sorry. But like to I always look for the plant before I turn to the tablet, if yeah, that makes sense. Because totally. usually the plant is in the tablet. Totally. And I think this is the challenge because so many people are told not to do anything. And there's just yes. quite, in the UK, we have some of the worst survival rates for cancer in Europe. Yeah. And I feel like there's this very much kind of passive, it's difficult to say, but there's a quite a passive nature to What's people. What's the best, do we know? Um, I think Germany. Germany is my really? guess. That's yeah. a guess. Like, probably Germany. <laughs> Always Germany. We think about it with anything, don't we? Well, are they just good with They've medicine? just got really, yeah, forward, forward thinking. So yeah, health really is a combination of nutrients in and toxins out. So I think if you were starting your cancer treatment, it would be looking at how can I reduce my toxic load? Okay. So that's what you're putting on your body, what you're putting into your body, also your thoughts. Like the mind-body connection is so powerful that I really feel like when it comes to cancer, for me, it was 80% mental, 20% physical. So okay. e wait, going back to the body, even like moisturizers and stuff, what you put on your body. There's a classic thing that you'd think if you, would you eat it? So what's in the, <laughs> what's in the stuff that you put on your body? We have so many. I would not eat fake time. Yeah, but it go. Think about it. It goes through your skin, twenty-seven into your bloodstream. It takes in the same 20, day. 26 seconds for anything you put on your skin to get into your bloodstream. I'm going to buy jars of coconut oil. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I started lavishing myself in that. That was really? the best thing. Coconut yeah. oil, guys. Yeah. yeah. So totally. So you want to have. So you want to be reducing your toxic load. So what yeah. am I? Uh, you know what? On average, and I think this is crazy. It's. I can't tell you the number, but we'll go for. I mean, we could pause and look at it yeah look so at do you reckon fake tans cancerous look at how probably many... i've thought about this because i become obsessed with everything yeah look at how many chemicals a woman puts on her skin on average a day i think it's 168 is women's um do women is the cancer rates more higher for women breast cancer is obviously rocketing and we have a lot of xenoestrogens yeah. in our beauty products my sister's a doctor and she said the worst thing for breast cancer is the pill well mm. i i think i'm not gonna say quote her but <laughs> You're like, oh, it okay. might be wrong it was a very long time ago but that, yeah. that was mentioned that's a big thing but i would say there's stuff in products called xenoestrogens and they mimic estrogen so on average women put 168 chemicals on their skin every day 
168. Which is huge. And think about your morning oh routine. So it's kind of what am I putting on in the morning? I used to dye my hair the whole time and all of these things are going into our bodies. So it's, mm. can you find a more natural alternative? Can you find a more organic alternative? And then if we go to, let's think about food, like the majority of the time, is the food that you're eating food? I have a super sensitive skin, like I'm allergic to anything. If I put something on my skin, you know it, I'm gonna get bumps, eczema spots. It just shows how much You are is such in. a sensitive soul. I know. <laughs> but it's sensitive a good thing. Sally so over like here. going back to the um, gut and stuff, yeah. I people always ask me why I'm so thin and why do I eat so healthily. And a large part of it is if I go for processed foods all yeah, the time, bad. I feel so rough, yeah. I feel so ill, I can sense that my gut ain't happy. Yeah. So yeah. like I it ain't nothing. <laughs> so I always shop in like the fruit and veg section just because totally. it makes me feel so much better. You feel better and you notice it. Like I noticed I only started doing yeah, I only started really going down the integrative route and doing a lot of health stuff about a couple of months into my chemo because I just started learning things. So juicing gave me so much more energy. Um yeah. moving and meditation was key because I lived, as I said before, I lived in my head the whole time. And I didn't connect ever with my body. And it was this thing of actually like turning off my mind. I think there's massive power in a lot of people get stuck in not being able to let certain emotions go. Yeah. And if we don't feel what's happening, mm-hmm. we don't free it. So if we're holding on to resentments and kind of like bitterness or anger, like that's toxic in our body. Yeah. yeah. And that causes this inflammation. I nearly put a quote on my Instagram stories last night saying, let it go. Yeah. Because I do feel like it, if... If you so if you say if you're let doing something, I think we're all a habit of this, girls in our generation, maybe boys. I can't speak for them, but say if you're following someone on Instagram and you're seeing their story every day and it's not making you feel good, yeah, let it go, mute it, yeah. get rid of it. Yeah. There's no even if it's jealous, if it's em, em, like evoking something that's not good, yeah, why look at it every day? Like even a boy, if you, if what that boy's not, if he's not making you feel good, get rid. Totally. And but I think people don't do it. People don't realize they have a choice, I think, a lot of the time. Or we kind of get stuck. You know, day to day, I think the majority of what we do each day and the majority of the thoughts we have are the same as yesterday's. So every day we're having tens of thousands of thoughts, but the majority of them are the same as yesterday's. And then we wonder why our life isn't changing. Mm. So we think the same things, we do the same things, we maybe go after the same guys, whatever it is. And we're like, oh, why is things not any different? And there we go. That's me, that's me. Okay, it must change my mindset. (laughs) So, right, I know we're going back back on, back to the- What can you do? The bowel, back to the bowels. Um, Like, so tomorrow, like like, today, let's say I'm gonna go, right, I wanna start helping my bowel out. So I've got a good solid, Solid interior. Yeah, lovely. Uh, get it going good. Perfect words. Solid, nice, firm, soft. Firm but yeah. soft stools and all that. <laughs> you Carboard. love poo Cardboard colored poos You want to get, into, the get dream, into your flow. Right? Yeah, How, what, what should I be taking? Where should we start? So we could start. There's a, there's a saying yeah, what in- Yeah, what have you learned? There's a, there's a saying in nutrition, okay. So for example, and this is where there is such a connection between our gut brain and our brain. Yeah. So how our gut is, is how we're also mentally thinking and mm-hmm. things. And 95% of our serotonin, so our good mood hormone is produced in our gut. So if your gut's out of balance, you're also, chances are, gonna be feeling mentally quite anxious and tired. So there's four R's when it comes to um, the gut gut health. So you wanna remove like certain foods. If you're feeling bloated or gassy after certain foods, it's kind of like actually, 
maybe I should cut back on the bread or maybe like sugar. Sugar's a and huge And doctors one. are so quick. If you go in with a stomach problem, they're like IBS and yeah. then that's it. Yeah. And they'll put you on some sort of pill and then it will kind of add to the problem and you'll never really, you'll yeah. be masking the situation yeah. so you won't know. Um, so you want to remove those foods. Then you want to replace, you want to add in some kind of like foods that, help you so digestive enzymes are really beneficial so there's certain things that you eat taking a digestive enzyme could help you kind of break those down and natural I digestive enzymes do you yeah. yeah so do you just how do you get hold of a digestive enzyme well things like pineapple and um, mango and certain fruits are digestive enzymes naturally okay. they're really pineapple is incredible i'm okay. a real get advocate yourself a pineapple. yeah <laughs> and also probiotic yogurt and yeah Apple so cider that, vinegar. So, Laura, that's the next step. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, I know a little bit. Us. I know a little bit about this because yeah. a couple of years ago I had the coil fitted. Yeah. And as usual, I'm a sensitive human being. I had a massive reaction to it. Like mm. my skin flared up in my hormonal section on my chin. Like yeah. you've never seen anything like it. Blistery. Ouch. Like it wasn't acne. It was like blisters everywhere. And I was like this for a year. So I started looking. For a year you were like this. Yeah. Wow, okay. Started looking into different things. And a lot of it was down to my gut. Yeah. Everything was pointing back to the gut. So I went in and looked at. And one of the main things that I found was that if you're candida, when you say candida, people think, think of thrush. thrush. But actually, if you suffer from candida or whatever, it's your whole entire, it's your, your gut. gut. Yeah. And that's just like an after effect. And candida is when you've got too much sugar in your body. And that's from not sweets, obviously sweets and sugar, mm. but bread, white pastas, it's in everything. You look on the back of everything, sugar <laughs> is in everything. So totally. if you have and a builder, your candida, which is like a thing in your body, overgrows. Yeah. So a lot of the problem is that. Yeah. And I actually would say, hands down, fundamentally, if you do get cancer, people really struggle with this as a comment. Because it triggers us. Food triggers us. Everyone always... Do you ever have it where people always say, why are you eating that? Why are you drinking that? It's always mm. food and drink that really triggers other people on what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, I hate being judged about what I eat. I'm totally. always judged on what I eat. <laughs> <laughs> but then I just think, stay in your... If you feel good, great. And if mm. you... like, That's... Just do the, you. This do is my thing. annoying thing for me. So I have a very healthy diet yeah. because of the reasons I've just said. But I have to go through life like, why are you so skinny? And it's like, yeah. it's just a reaction of me not being able to cope with processed foods. Definitely. But I get just, it annoys me so much. People really like, like to comment on what other people mm. eat. I know, they? because it's a real thing. Like food is the one thing we all have and it's a real enjoyment and we come together. Like if I walked down the street with a smoothie, everyone's like, anorexic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really annoying. Anyway, yeah. off topic. But sugar, sugar's the one thing I'd say. Cut, and it's in, out, it's in fruit. Sugar. Don't have too much fruit. Fruit. Yeah, and it depends on the way that you have your fruit, right? So if there's people certain put it fruit like strawberries and the the, the fruit that's berries. very sweet. Yeah, berries you, are good for you. Berries are particularly good for. So you want to be getting like cruciferous veg is some of the most powerful anti-cancer vegetables yeah. that you can get because it's got something called indoor three carbonate in it. Cruciferous okay. veg, that's green stuff, right? It, well, well, it's your cauliflowers, your broccoli, broccoli your sprouts, mm. all of those things for daily helping. Things that. that grow in the ground. Exactly. Well, no, those roots. But this is like, yeah. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> Things that grow. Yeah, so along those lines. So you want to be getting those. But we don't, it's having more color. So for your gut health as well, you want to be having about 30 different fruits and vegetables each each week. Mm -hmm. So more spices, just if it grows, eat it. If it's made in a plant and has sugar, 
I remember, and this just really summed it up to me. And um, so when you have a PET scan before, when it checks where cancer is in your body, yeah. you get injected with radioactive glucose and the cancer cells go to the glucose and it shows mm-hmm. you where you have cancer in your body. And that is because that's the fuel that they have. So cancers have a different fuel, but um, glucose is one of them. So mm-hmm. sugar Which can is be the fueling sugar. the growth yeah. of the cancer cells. And yet you have it in hospital where you have the sweet trolley that comes around and yeah. you have people. And and then people will say, come on, like lighten up, enjoy a sweet. And I but, just think if there's anything I can do right now, that's that's what I can yeah. control. Do you know what blows my mind? Doctors do not, unless it's yeah. that's their genre, they don't know anything about nutrition. Yeah. Because, and to give them their fairness, there's a very interesting wave happening with a few junior doctors coming through, like lifestyle doctors, yeah. who are saying the majority of what we see in our office, cancer, heart disease, whatever it is, it's lifestyle related. Yeah. It's the way that we're living. And... They, I think it's about six hours. On a six year degree, they do six hours on nutrition. Yeah, it's and crazy. And if, if food is medicine and we are what we eat, I then think so, what are yeah. we doing? It's in the not. cancer hospitals, they are feeding like red meats and things like that. And, and then when you go Burger to Cancer King. Research UK, it's one of the things that like absolutely definitely it's been like linked to certain cancers. Like it's one of the things that 100% people are like, yeah, that's one of the things. Yeah. It's not like, oh, it might do. Yeah. It does. It does. And people, again, we don't want to think about it because these brands have created incredible branding around really unhealthy oh, foods. It drives me insane. Yeah. It drives me insane. <laughs> just, it's so simple. Just shop in the first bit of the supermarket. Exactly. But don't that's, even touch the rest of it. But that's why they have those aisles. <laughs> so true. So, so right with that. But they have the aisles on the outskirts because it, people often would just invo- avoid them. And Anything advertised as healthy is yeah. not healthy. Like you don't see carrots being advertised. No. <laughs> like <laughs> or the fruit all these veg, fruit yeah. juices, awful. Yeah. Although I do buy them. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that like milk is like cow's milk is what we drink, and mm. it grows a cow. Yeah. That's what it's there it's for. It's made for a baby cow to grow. It's into got it. yeah. it's got cow hormones in to grow, right? Yeah, totally. Do they so, get rid of the hormones by heating it? No. Okay. So we're drinking cow hormones. So if we did have cancer, Mm. by drinking milk, we're helping grow the cancer cells. Yeah. By drinking milk. Yeah. And I know this and I still drink it. Well, you know what? (laughs) Hilariously, I don't drink milk, but I still eat cheese. Do you? Yeah. So like I've tried to reduce it, but like the cheese thing. Well, it's amazing. Again, it's what's been advertised, isn't it? And mm. it's so cultural. You always have your kind of cheese and we wine night. We had milk at school. Yeah, yeah. I know, we? I know, totally. But those are the things I cut out. I just thought I need to cut out the sugar. Uh, mainly gluten as well, just because it actually made me really bloated and I realized there's something going on in my gut and then mm. milk, dairy. Yeah. And when I stopped that, my asthma went and I, after chemo, had lung toxicity. I had lung damage from one of the drugs. Mm. So within the medical community, they call it bastard bleomycin, one of the drugs. The fact that they call it bastard shows the, bastard. you know, wow. that the, the destructive effect of that was huge. Mm. And after that, I started doing a lot of breath work and a lot of kind of different breathing techniques and mm-hmm. I don't have asthma, it's gone. That's so, so there's a really, there's a fantastic book called Radical Remission. Oh, my favorite. And it's by Kelly Turner and yes. she's got nine core factors that she went around and she started studying all these amazing people that had had radical remissions, mm. which basically means that they've kind of gone into remission from late stage or like a very difficult diagnosis. And she started asking all these oncologists, have you come across radical remissions? Yeah. And all of the oncologists said yes. And she said, have you written them down? And they all said no. And it's like, why is no one talking? There is such inspiration and power in knowing someone else like you has got through a very serious diagnosis. But nine of those factors, only two or three were related to lifestyle, like diet. 
And the others were to do with social support. Yeah. Like, who have you got around you? Like, mm-hmm. who, can you call on a friend each day? Like, knowing that, that can really change Wait, that. so there's no book or anything out there or research who have... Well, there is now, because of radical remission. Oh, is that what it yeah. was? She, yeah, so she, she started had... documenting. She travelled around the world writing about all of these radical remissions. So yeah. that's people that have yeah. overcome yeah. Yeah. against all yeah. odds as well. So it could be, like they've been given terminal like diagnosis exactly amazing stories and Mm. they're happening i meet people you know i hear of people every week who have had these incredible stories Mm. and a lot of them are around visualization and kind of like changing stuff that's going on in their mind and their beliefs about what's possible and things a lot of people don't believe that they can get better that's a huge one and if we have that on a subconscious level then how can we get better until we do transform that belief or that feeling so nine core factors linked to most of these radical remissions and one of them is uh, your intuition, like strengthening your intuition. Because yeah. we all have these gut feelings. Yeah, Again, back too. to the gut. This is like a gut show. And <laughs> when we listen to that gut feeling, whether it's about a person, a place, or something's feeling a bit uneasy, that gets stronger. And our intuition kind of like, it gets stronger. Whereas when we don't listen to it, we kind of disconnect from ourselves a bit. Yeah. Or what I find, and I definitely did this when I was diagnosed, I was always asking other people for the answers and looking yeah. for stuff outside myself. Mm. And it's like, actually, remember, you know the answers are new, but we're always looking for validation or confirmation. It's like, get back to yourself, because that's where the power is. And the other one is having a strong reason to live. So sometimes you'll say to people, why do you want to live? And they'll be like, oh, actually, I don't know, my children. It's like, well, what is your reason to be here? If you haven't got your why, Mm. how are you going to keep going? Because what is the point? Like, what is the reason to actually get through this? I think they say that's what happens with old people like when they start to lose their will to live like when they start losing their physical things that's when they kind of die because they have no will do they totally and I think it's also like a piece of it's it's this kind of mindset isn't it of just thinking that this is how it is and I've got no other option Mm. what anything else that you think like oh as a starting point start eating more of Okay, so you want to be doing stuff to boost your immune system. So mm. you want to be um, getting in. So every food, every color, food color has a different benefit. So green is for cleansing, mm-hmm. hence the kind of like green juice. Mm. Orange and yellows are for energy. So you know when you have an orange or you have, it gives you energy. Mm. Reds and blacks are for your blood. So I had blood cancer and I wanted to get in lots of different reds and blacks like beetroot and stuff because yeah. it really boosts your I blood and gives beetroot. you energy. I love a bit of yeah. So there are another really big factor which a lot of us have got is low vitamin. D in the UK we don't my get any vitamin D because she, sunshine yeah okay. so she, my sister's pregnant the at the vitamin. moment and they said it she's someone said to her to take vitamin D yeah. tablets proven research that we should all take vitamin D totally vitamin D. okay so I don't like taking tablets though it was, it, this is so yeah, contradictory no but it's that. a supplement there's a difference yeah. so we don't now and people will have this whole thing about supplements and yeah ideally we want to get it from our fruits and vegetables and foods but actually our soil is now deficient yeah. so we don't have the minerals that mm. we need like magnesium and all of these things our soil is deficient so taking a supplement and it's not a pill so vitamin d will be a so kind is this of natural from like holland and barrett no oh, <laughs> oh do you know no i'm not a holland <laughs> and barrett fan no. I really? yeah i mean a lot of their supplements and this is the difficult thing they're on the high street and they're the high street yeah. health health shop oh hey yeah, and yeah. They're yeah. things that are advertised as healthy exactly good. they're packed full of fillers and synthetics and other really? things so, so where would you, you go? go i go on amazon and just look for the best vitamin d rated 
can you can we link this yeah. on our Instagram? So give us Definitely. a link, and guys. We'll link it for you. Definitely. <laughs> so I want it. I want to buy right vitamins. Yeah. yeah. So honestly, getting your vitamin D levels up is so part of like healing cancer or any illness because. Well, 95% of women diagnosed with breast cancer have low vitamin D. Oh, really? And I had, my levels were really low. And a deficiency in a certain vitamin over time can lead to illness because it affects your immune system. So in a nutshell, boosting health, reduce your toxicity, Mm -hmm. increase your nutrients. Like it's that flow. One of my favorite things about diets and stuff is that calcium every when we were at school don't you remember calcium drink your milk it's full of calcium yeah calcium in milk actually prohibits you absorbing calcium so it's actually opposite to making your bones strong exactly the best source of calcium is from green stuff exactly and it's (laughs) marketing but but yeah Mm. it was was to make us all buy milk when we were kids we all did we all did but by drinking milk it makes your bones weaker because it stops you from absorbing the actual calcium Mm. google it i'm right (laughs) so what so what crazy things did you do so a combination Mm. i've had it you know i need to think if if i if 23 year old me or 22 or whatever saw me now like I used to be I used to eat cheesy chips every night Mm, I would you know like big I had a drunk alter ego who was just pretty wild who used to cause a lot of (laughs) was it you that used to have a drunk alter ego (laughs) no (laughs) we used to say that no the monster yes Oh no! It's not that, good, is it? She was actually called the monster. She I, like only used to I do like hammers, essays like to men. Hammered. <laughs> like if I used to get hammered, like, really impassioned. Don't anymore. I could be a complete horrible, really? horrible vile, vile drunk. Whereas now, I don't get that drunk. Like I know my limits. I mean, yeah. also tend to be a nicer drunk because I'm not on that level but it's like when you go to a certain level <laughs> the monster I know what you mean I know out. what you mean you go past the point yeah and that was not, just not good that was a classic sign that I was quite disconnected I was just sick on myself <laughs> I was sick oh I thought you meant just that. <laughs> oh, the thought of the monster <laughs> we now we were on a night out once and I was so drunk that I kissed oh, my no. ex-boyfriend because they still thought he was my boyfriend and then I was sick in the back of a taxi oh, no. in my handbag and Abby was like the taxi driver was like is she being sick no I was oh, like she's God. only being sick on herself <laughs> not on a taxi <laughs> the things we do when we're younger I'd never it's do not, that I know, it's, I know it's not okay and then people continue it sometimes into like older life as yeah. well it's like you've got I to stop I think when you get past yeah. the age of 25 but you're I still doing that yeah, yeah. And also I feel like it oh, shouldn't it be me. so accepted in youth yeah we overly like oh it's you know young Just people they do that it's like it, eventually it might come back and bite you in the asshole yeah actually <laughs> So what, yeah, we keep going off topic. So, yeah, no, things? you're trying to, so some of them, for example, like one of them, I remember I did, I started, I tried out enemas. So, Ooh. yeah, they're weird. What's and an I remember, enema? I feel like it's something to do with the ass. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so an enema is a hose that you put up your uh, uh, other end. And it's like a coronic irrigation, whatever it's called. Yeah, kind of, but a home kit. So I remember this really awkward, I ended up, so I was at home with my parents when I was having treatment um, Mm. because I really kind of needed someone. I had a, yeah, just needed someone to actually make meals for me so I didn't, so I could move. Yeah. And um, I remember being in the bathroom on all fours, trying out this enema kit. Oh my gosh. And I ended up, you're supposed to use body temperature water and I ended up using cold water and I remember dad knocking on the door like, what are you doing in there? (laughs) And there was just no way of saying I'm bent over on all fours oh, no. hose up trying to hot. and what it does is it flushes everything out your system yeah. Yeah. some people get on with them some people don't I personally after that experience and a few others I was like hmm maybe not for me but 
I that so there are a lot of different weird things I ended up doing when I was ill. Is that like a quick fix to actually sorting your diet out? Do you think? No, I think it can help people who don't regularly go to the loo. Okay, so um, it's good for constipation. Yeah, yeah, to help you flush. So and also, but when surely you're having... you can eat more prunes. <laughs> Yeah. But some people, some people have got a water. solid. Honestly, when I was having chemo, I didn't go to the loo for about 14, 15 days. Well, it messes oh. you up though, doesn't it? And it like, became this thing like grand opening was the conversation in my family. It was like, yeah. have you had a grand opening yet? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just get tablets, like tablets that, though. Tablets like yeah. cause codeine. Yeah. Apparently, makes totally. You oh, codeine's the worst. When my tonsils out, mate, I needed a shit so bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. But then things like. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had to pee today, Karen? <laughs> so my mum was like, she's like, have you pooed yet? I remember, well done. I remember saying, <laughs> I just met my boyfriend. It was like two weeks in and I was like, didn't give a shit about him. So I was like, please just go and get me some more laxatives. <laughs> <laughs> things like, you know, things that you never, I mean, I very, very much got into meditation, which is a huge part for me. I think a lot of people say, oh, I can't switch off my mind. I can't switch off my thoughts. And that's not the point. Yeah. It's just becoming an observer of those and not judging them. Often we judge... You know how we have this kind of like bitchy inner critic and we have conversations with our voices or different things in our heads and it's just like, don't judge, just let them pass by. They're like clouds. Mm. So just let them. I think I naturally meditate. Like, you know, when I can yeah. sit on a train for two hours, yeah. I look forward to train journeys, do nothing and just stare out the window. <laughs> I'm such a daydreamer. Seeing you do that, and it would just be like, and yeah, every okay. night Peeping when I Tom. go to bed, I automatically, ever since I was younger, daydream. So yeah. I will create like my perfect life in my head. Amazing. That's a good thing to do. And yeah. I, I think it's got me where I am today. Like you're totally, so you're that naturally, is naturally visualizing. Yeah. 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 So I won't sit there and worry about anything. Like when you go to bed, I don't like worry about tomorrow, worry about today. I'll like think about like nice things and where I want to be yeah, and like I'll visualize everything. Always have done since I was younger. Perfect. And I think that it has helped me get oh, where I absolutely. have. Absolutely, yeah. Because not saying I've got anywhere really good, but it's better than where I was. Here me. we are in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. And, and also the, the more we can think about what we want to create or bring into our lives, the more we can bring it in. But it's kind of like when we don't have that vision, as you said, like actually letting yourself daydream or whatever would be imaginative we mm. all did it as kids but we kind of forget to do that yeah we just get caught up I'm in the, the day to day i imagine everything amazing so, it's a pisces trait yeah is it yeah believe dreamer believer imagine dream believe and anything is possible it's written on my neck <laughs> in hindu is it yeah. are you sure it's actually written that's, that's what it why says I'm that's a challenge we, when you well do we those. don't know we it don't says know you're a twat that was a mistake when i was younger <laughs> I also rebound every day, so I go on a mini trampoline every day. So the cancer that I had was in my lymph, lymphatic system, so that doesn't move. So every day, like moving that is so key because lymphatic system is like the cell's toilet. So any waste that we have in our body goes into our blood Mm -hmm. and that you want to get that pumping and moving. So is that like an effect going to the gym? Kind of, but you want to bounce. Bounce. Yeah. What if you've got a very weak pelvic floor muscle? It really happens. Honestly, the first time I went on a trampoline. Why do you have to bounce? Because that's... So our lymphatic system is, it needs pumping. So it gets it going by bouncing up and down. Going on a trampoline for five minutes is the equivalent to running for 15, like jogging for 15 minutes in terms of like the exercise you do because it works out your body. Really? Mm. So I go on this mini Guys, rebounder. get your trampolines. Get on the trampoline. <laughs> or a pogo stick. Yeah. <laughs> Wear yeah. an appy if you need to. And but actually it, I did used to have that. I used to wee a little bit every time. Did I you? To, yeah, I went on it. And, and now, you're young. And now it's changed, yeah. I am... Um, I'm a runner. Have, my dad taught me running since yeah. I was nine years old. And dad taught you. 
like trained me up. Like, Does he still take you? It sounds like he takes you every day now still. Sometimes. Like we did it, like I trained, I was Northwest, like ran for the Northwest doing wow. it. So I've always had that trampoline effect. Mm. And people laugh at me like now I have to, when, so when I was ill last um, when I don't get <laughs> when I Sorry, don't I get when I don't get that bounce which you just said I yeah, feel yeah, terrible yeah. Yeah. people don't understand when I say I need to move my blood like my mum laughs at me she's like why are you at the gym all the time I was like I need to make my blood move totally. I've definitely heard you say that a few which times which makes so much sense around. now that you've said that yeah because yeah. if I don't, I feel crap. I know. And and it, you just kind of get into flow, don't you? I think if you're creative and you're thinking about stuff, it clears your head mm. to get going. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you do and your festival and everything that yeah. you've done since overcoming cancer. Uh, so we're coming up to the festival. So yeah. big focus has been on the festival, which really... And when is it? It's July the 5th to the 7th. Wh- and where is it? And it's on a farm in Surrey, near to Guildford. Oh, lovely. And, uh, I used to go to uni there. Did you? <laughs> Love Surrey. You can come along to the festival Amazing. because it's basically all of like holistic workshops. Can we YouTube a, it? Yeah. And you can get a massage yeah. there. Oh, we're there. We're going to do a lot on gut health. There's holistic therapies, complementary therapies, and then inspiring talks and workshops in the day and then music at night and kind of like just yeah. loads of Is different Is it for activities. people with cancer? Or? It's for anyone who wants to learn more about health and feel good. Do you know what? Because even today I feel so, like, t- t- my tea tonight is going to be so healthy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be gonna, juicing the broccoli. Yeah, I'm going to throw the milk out. Like, just talking about someone that's gone through what you have done, suffered from an illness, yeah. and discussing healthy and how, how it's, like, helped you and stuff. Yeah. It opens your eyes. Totally. And I think everyone walks around with blinkers on. Yeah. Like, taking a blind eye to all these things that are yeah. so obvious. Like, why are we eating chocolate and processed yeah. foods and stuff? We know it's not good for yeah. us. Because we've disconnected, haven't we? Mm-hmm. And not just for our health, for our, like, for we also us. Don't, the reason why I think that a lot of people continue to do what they're doing is because they don't believe that it will happen to them. That yeah. they feel they feel like they'll be in the lucky few that are okay. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, or they totally. believe they. The, or you can say things like, "Oh, but that bloke, he smoked and he drank and he lived till he was ninety nine. And sometimes yeah. there isn't a logic to it. I think but you know why what I wouldn't say you to that. Help yourself. Yeah, totally. And actually, like. It shows situation. you how much power we have, doesn't it? Mm. When you're like, actually, if I have this within my control or whatever, like I can do all of these things. So we can, the way that we change, when we change how we think and move and eat and who we hang out with really, it changes our genetics. And that's epigenetics. Like, mm. That's huge that we actually can change our genes. So we I might, didn't know that. Yeah, we might have a predisposition to a certain illness or disease. No wonder it turned into that awful person when I hung out with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pay attention to who you hang out with because we are the equivalent. Yeah. What is it? I only hang out with Abby now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in our inner circle. <laughs> Do you two just hang out in this booth? Yeah. yeah, that's how we're going slightly insane. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that just shows you what's kind of in your, in your power, really. And the festival, really, it's kind of like we want to help change that cancer narrative, which is very heavy. We bring together all of some, like some of the leading minds in the cancer field in the UK, and then we have a big celebration at night. Yeah. So it's like uplifting. There's drumming. There's oh, dance. There's like yoga. A, like a, it sounds yeah. like a, like a. It when you said a, festival, I thought like booths and stuff of like here's your cancer. Like no, but it sounds so 
trails. <laughs> Come get your cancer. No, 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 no. It's on a beautiful, <laughs> it's on a beautiful farm. We've got woodland workshops. Oh, yeah, it there's lovely. a probiotic cocktail bar. So Guys, we'll link, we'll link everything. So yeah, so cool. it's wicked. It's great fun. Head over really, to our Instagram and we'll have it all linked. Yeah, really special. You can go check it out. Can I go back to when you recovered from? Yeah. So you've done your six months chemo, whatever. Yeah. Was that your first? Did you just had to do it once? Yeah, I did. So how did you, when you got told that you were all clear or what, how did it happen? How did you feel? Yeah, so I actually had, so I had kind of, I actually got a clear scan within three or four months. I, I did very like, good? yeah, Does that yeah, happen? it was good. Well, obviously it's probably a bit weird, but basically um, I started meditating and about three months into chemo, I was taking these sleeping pills because I couldn't sleep. I think that was just to shut off my mind because I had so many racing thoughts. And it was so it was much easier to connect and switch off my mind at that point. And I was meditating and I felt like I was kind of being like, something was just pushing down around where my lump was around my neck. Mm -hmm. And it was just holding there for like five, 10 minutes. And it felt like this huge kind of, just something kind of shifted in my body. You know, and you just get a rush of something and mm. something moved. And I kind of was brought to tears. And at that point I was so numb and disconnected from my emotions that it was strange to be actually crying at that point. Mm. and I just felt the need to kind of open the window and just let out whatever had happened and it just sounds nuts yeah but I felt like something had gone at that point and it was kind of like my body saying finally you've listened to me and finally you've stopped and slowed down and it was kind of like thank you like this there's something moved and I found out a week later that all of the places that I had in my body where I had the tumors had mm. gone like I had a clear scan that's so crazy. it happened and yeah I do I think there's such a thing of um yeah, connecting to ourselves for healing. Yeah. When you got told that you were, um, like, it was all clear, yeah. how did you feel? So when I found out that I had a clear scan, yeah, it was incredible. I think also there's um, a big element that isn't really spoken about, but apart from amongst the cancer community, is actually mm. you have gone through such a trauma that while the treatment ends and while you've got a clear scan, it's just beginning on rebuilding. Mm -hmm. So my confidence was like rock bottom. And yeah. I kind confidence of just had in what thing. sense? Like with people or just in just, life? And yeah, and actually having been in kind of isolation because I didn't have much immune system. So quite regularly throughout the weeks of chemo, like I would see people, but then I'd need to kind of go and be in a, in a separate place and stuff. And you haven't really had much, like socially your confidence has got, because you feel like everything's become around cancer. Mm -hmm. So when people would be like, what are you eating? What are you doing? Where are you going? And I just, I found that quite difficult to readjust to who I was beyond that. Mm -hmm. And also to let go of who you think you're gonna be. So when we have a big trauma in life, it's kind of like the way we thought life was gonna go, the pain can come in when we like, don't, we're, when we're still holding on to how you thought stuff was gonna be. Mm. And I definitely probably 23 year old Sophie was probably kind of like still part, like only recently I probably let that go and be like, right, actually like, it's not the way you thought it was gonna be, yeah. but um, going through What it. about people who, for me, when and my mum felt, I think very similar, and I imagine loads of people feel this way, is that when my mum finished her treatment, I thought, um, now it's, got time to come back mm. so it wasn't a feeling of yay we've got through treatment it was like shit we're not having chemotherapy anymore like how do you overcome that fear of yeah what if it comes back or the guilt yeah how do you overcome these feelings of guilt this anxiety that's going to come back yeah in that 
you know, that have time. You, have you been clear it's for a long time? Do you, you, do know you still what? fear that? Process. It's a process. It's definitely a process. You get the irrational thoughts. Mm. I get a headache and I'll be like, right, it's in my brain. Or I'll get, you know, I'll be yeah. feeling quite tired one day and I'll be like, oh, I've, you know, it's come back. And then it's actually just kind of come back and just, yeah. And also when it comes to the whole survivor guilt thing and thinking, like, everyone is on their own path and it's kind of like you've had... We don't, people don't have a car crash and compare themselves to the other person who's had the car crash. Mm. But because cancer is such a kind of spiritual, kind of like emotional, physical, whole life overhaul, it's such a kind of thing. And you can compare yourself to other people, but like you've been through your own thing. And it's actually like kind of like finding those things that then bring you life and ce- mm. celebrating being here. And actually, anyone like it's celebrating each other's success friends of mine who have died like they would be happy that i'd be thriving and going yeah. on and carrying on and living like they wanted to live so yeah. it's kind of like we're living also to acknowledge that and yeah, to share people in that. who don't have cancer like from the start they've yeah. never had it are not walking around feeling guilty yeah. about not <laughs> yeah. having cancer <laughs> yeah it's only the people that have had exactly. cancer that seem to feel guilty about exactly. it that's in itself a thing that people... very survivor yeah. guilt is like a thing yeah. it's very common like, m- most most of my a lot of my inspiration comes from friends who are no longer here just knowing how much they'd want me to be out there like yeah living it up and like creating yeah, stuff and so carrying true. on that legacy i always really morbid but i always say as my mom always goes like if you died i'd, I'd die too and i, I was like say that about as a mom. joke yeah. i always say yeah. i'm gonna write my mum a list to go to like different parts of the world and like just as a joke to so she really lives a life Mount Everest because you would if you died you'd want people to live on and yeah, that's like, totally. live the life that yeah. they couldn't like don't totally. waste it that's I, how I feel about my mum this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast because I just I think life is so precious and like totally. seeing people waste it and like if we weren't here mm. we just want the people to make the most of it that are definitely and actually I feel very grateful that's probably why I'm grateful to cancer because of that wake up call mm. it was kind yeah. of like I could spend my whole time procrastinating but it was actually that force that just pushes you to just get going and to be like actually yeah we're gonna die one day but every yeah. other day we're living one of my best quotes and I want to say it's a self quote because I think I made it up <laughs> <laughs> don't live like tomorrow is yeah. inevitable but it's true we do and it's like go out don't get hung up on like if boys don't text you back if like your job's screwed definitely if you, like if you hate your job leave it go get one you like yeah. because you do that every day I know that you create you can co-create your like you create your life and you, you have a choice but and and we can get stuck and then and it shouldn't take an illness to make us kind of step up and think actually I can live. Is there anything that you do now that you really appreciate? <laughs> <laughs> do you know that you took for granted before you had cancer? I think I definitely have slowed down and been more in the moment and and that's from someone who used to race around the whole time like letting you know kind of like not really speaking my truth I was the ultimate people pleaser so mm. just do stuff for other people and I think getting ill kind of taught me authenticity and actually just like do your own thing yeah and, mm. and also the gift in vulnerability and sharing stuff that's a bit of deeper meaning or like your fears or your hopes or whatever it makes you a bit more open how long have you been in the all clear for so I actually finished treatment at the end of 2014 I can't even think where we are now. Like, so five years yeah, ago. Yeah, coming up. I've not had any problems Coming since. up to five years, I haven't had any problems. I've just been getting healthier. And I actually now, straight after, do you know, the funny thing was when I was having treatment, I was like, I feel healthier than I did before I was ill because I started making changes. I was just going to ask yeah. that. 
Yeah. That's crazy. And in London, it's difficult, right? So you kind of want to work out a bit of a self-care plan. Like, mm. each day, can you do... Why do you think in London it's difficult? Because it's such a frantic pace. And it's such a toxic kind of environment as well, isn't it? In so everyone's, many ways. Yeah, and everyone's go, go, go. It's all mm. about kind of, like, doing or getting to the next place. So it's finding a little bit, like, can you take 10 minutes to have a bit of, like, downtime? Can you do a little bit of, like, morning stretching or yoga or whatever like if you don't meditate can you do a little bit of kind of mindfulness mm. or just adding things in maybe gradually yeah. so it's not like oh my god lifestyle change like from, from like nowhere one little thing adds up doesn't it mm. so yeah. if you add in like a daily green smoothie yeah I have a daily green smoothie <laughs> she's on it she's already on it there you go because I all the things you said I automatically have always done and also you both look very healthy because you can see it in the eyes even when I've been well. ill yeah <laughs> Oh, you haven't told us about oh, I feel that. Awful. I feel awful. <laughs> I feel like this is not my best self. <laughs> but it's so true. We should all be adopting it, and we don't. Oh, it's yeah. making those switches and knowing that you can do it and not making it complicated because yeah. it's basic stuff. Like the five things that I say that you can do, like best things for your health, are free. Mm. And we all know what it, what our diet should be like. Yeah, salmon, sweet potato, broccoli. I'm not sure like, everyone does. No, like, I don't like, think I they actually do. think That's a lot the of thing. the time. You're quite educated on it, oh. <laughs> but a lot of yeah. people like they I, just I, don't. I think people feel very lost, and it's kind of actually like, oh, what do you mean if it comes out of a packet, it's not going to be great? Like a lot of people would just put food in the microwave, and oh, that. the first thing to do is ignore anything processed or marketing. <laughs> Here we go. She could do her food show. The first thing, <laughs> the first thing to do is ignore all processed foods. But anything that says put your microwave in the bin. Yeah, no, I heard this. Well, I reckon you should do a step-by-step program on how to get healthy. How to be like... Laura Blair in 10 steps. <laughs> <laughs> 10 easy but, steps. But I don't have a microwave yeah. because I yeah, heard yeah, yeah, yeah. that it really puts, I don't know, something totally, in the water. Yeah. And then in you, the water? Yeah. You, oh, in the water and the food. So okay. you, yeah. lay, you zap your food and then you eat zap. it. It's so exactly. wrong. I boil everything. Yeah, mm. that's the spirit. Boil I, use, I do all. use my microwave, but I do use it less than I used to. I so. steam a little bit. Sounds like we're gonna Same. have a cook off. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I eat raw veg. I prefer it to boiled veg. Yeah, I don't know why. And it's better for you because the nutrients. It go is out better in for you, but certain things can be quite harsh on your thyroid. So, for example, broccoli or kale, you want to actually like steam a little bit. But like use the steaming. water. Yeah, in your smoothie. Yeah, exactly. I know a lot. Don't yeah, <laughs> it's paid off. Undercover. It's undercover paid off dating all those nutritionist PT men. <laughs> what have you been doing? I, I date men with six packs, so I've learned nice. a lot in my time. Nice. <laughs> Specifically with six packs. Actually, yes. that's so all, all they've got going. It's where I've got gone wrong, <laughs> but it's been helpful in certain. Yeah, definitely. So if we want to get tickets for Truefields, it's www.truefields.com. It is, is indeed. And that if someone place. wants coaching from you and struggling or just wants to chat, how do they get hold of you? So they can get hold of me on www.sophietrue.com. And, and we'll link this all on our Instagram. Yeah. I feel like I've learned a lot today. Yeah, yeah it's been great. Thanks for having and me. And let on. us know if you're coming to the festival because we we will yeah. be there. So we'll, we'll say be hi there. to us. Yay. With my YouTube. <laughs> we'll, we'll meet you meet you in the woodland. Oh, yeah. this sounds lovely. <laughs> I'm such an outdoorsy person. I like the stuff mission like at the moment is to get paddleboarding yoga. So we're trying to get that onto oh, the uh, lake bit and stuff. What's that? Oh god, I'd fall in. I don't know what, what? that is. <laughs> I love that. She's like such an outdoors person. What's paddleboarding? Paddleboarding. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What pa- I didn't hear it. Paddleboarding. Paddleboarding. Yeah. Oh, That's cool. Yeah. I've seen so people do do that in the sea. Like as in yoga on one, and I just think I don't know how I feel nuts. about lake water. Please have it with my candida. 
thank you for coming on. It's thank been really so insightful. Me. It's I been hope brilliant. you've enjoyed it. Yeah, I've loved it. So thank you everyone for listening today. If you've enjoyed the Grown Up Podcast, you can follow us, subscribe to us, leave us a lovely cheeky five star review. Yeah, five star, please guys. Thank you. <laughs> also, if you have any questions or do you want to come on the podcast yourself, do email us at thegrownuppodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time. Bye.